At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to family and portrait photographer Siobhan Calder. She has a down-to-earth, authentic photography style that I find very beautiful. We talk about her client sessions, how she works with people who don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Siobhan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Oh, hi, Taya. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I always find introductions a little bit hard, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so I am a photographer and I live in Hitchin in Hertfordshire in the UK. Um, and I specialize in honest portraits of women, artists, mothers, 
and families uh, and I have a special interest in nature and the outdoors I think that's the best way that I can describe it so I hope that's okay that's wonderful I really like that introduction and, and I like what you said about honest photographs yeah how would you define honest photography oh I knew you were going to say that um I think just really trying to capture the essence of a person I'm not so much um I don't pose so much when I shoot people I tend to just have conversations with them we have a lot of laughter and I really spend a lot of time looking for how they move um the way like the things we talk about that make them come alive um that's kind of how I like to photograph I want you so when you see a photograph of someone be able to get an essence of who that person is um, a little bit more than, oh, it's just a pretty photograph. I kind of want the connection there is really important to me. And that's something I work very hard at when I'm shooting as well, is how to get that honesty um, and that kind of natural um, essence of that person. I really like that. I think that makes it easier for your models as well, because they don't need to worry about looking a specific way. They just need to be themselves, right? Totally. And actually, sometimes I photograph people who do try and pose a little bit more. Um, and actually the challenge there for me is always how to stop this person from posing and how to make sure that I'm um, being funny or being silly or, you know, having an honest conversation to catch those moments where they where I can see themselves rather than them posing sort of how they think they want to look in a photograph. Um, yeah. I love that. And your clients are probably very surprised in a positive way when they see the results, right? I hope so. I mean, I do get a lot of really good feedback of people saying, you know, I normally hate pictures of myself or I was worried how I'd look. And actually, I love the way I look in these photographs. And I do always tell people when we normally see photographs of ourselves, we're used to friends, family, partners, whatever, shooting pictures of us on their iPhones or whatever. And they're not really trying to capture us in a particular light. They're probably not photographers. They're not looking at the way we move. They don't know about the light. So actually, it's a really different thing when you have someone who is a professional and who is looking for your angles, looking for the light and looking for a way that portrays you in your best light. Um, you know, it's a really different thing to get those results. And I do have to tell people, you have to trust me that, that I will create that for you. But I think until people see the photos, they never believe it. They always assume I photograph only these very beautiful people and that they are not that beautiful person. And it's very rewarding to see them see the pictures of themselves and feel that they're beautiful as well. And um, that's a really nice thing. Yeah, I can imagine how fulfilling that is because, yeah, you work with uh, usually not with professional models. So sometimes it's difficult to make people feel comfortable. In yeah, I never work with professional models, but I think, you know, when you take photographs of people and you make them look beautiful, everybody assumes that they are not as beautiful as the people you photograph. And that just isn't true. You know, I always approach it from that absolutely everybody is beautiful. Um, you just need someone that knows what they're doing that can capture you in that light. That's right. I completely agree with you. Yes. And when you first got into photography, was portraiture always something that you wanted to get into or were there other interests that you had? Um, not really. I think I just always wanted to be a photographer, but I didn't really know much more than that. Um, so I basically just shot anything and everything. I mean, I did weddings, I did actor headshots, I did product shots. I did literally anything that came my way. And I learned very quickly a lot of things that I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I noticed that the thread that ran through everything, no matter where I shot or what I shot, it was always the people that I was the most drawn to. Um, that, and 
and I think I was afraid in the beginning. It's very nerve wracking to photograph people. Um, it's much easier to photograph, you know, a plant or something that doesn't move and doesn't need you to um, make it feel good. <laughs> but I learned that that was a skill that I had and I've developed that over the years. Um, and now I just love portraits. I love that one on one connection. I love the challenge of getting that person to feel comfortable. Um, and I love the moment you can almost see it through your lens when that person relaxes into it and begins to enjoy it. And they sort of surprise themselves. And I find that so rewarding and so wonderful that that now, you know, portraits, um, even if it's family photography or, um, you know, portraits or personal branding photography, I use that approach of that honest portraiture through all of it. Um, and yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's the most important thing that you enjoy it. And it really, really shows in your work. So it's wonderful that you were doing this. What camera equipment do you use? Um, so I mostly use a Canon 5D Mark IV, um, which I've had for probably three or four years. Um, I really love it. It is used to bits. <laughs> and I have a couple of lenses, all Canon, um, a 35mm 1.4, I think, and a 50mm. I almost always use my 35, um, but I sometimes use a 50 and I have a few other lenses too, but I almost never use them. Um, I don't like to take a lot of lenses to shoots and stuff. I pretty much just take my Canon 5D Mark IV and the 35mm lens. Um, and I recently got a Canon Rebel uh, film camera, which was a good tip I picked up. But if you use mm -hmm. Canon EF lenses, you can use all of those lenses on a Canon Rebel. Um, so I just picked that up uh, because it means I don't need to take two bodies and two sets of lenses I just take the two bodies and all my Canon lenses and they fit so yeah I haven't used it much yet but I'm excited to use that. Yeah it's very exciting do you have any experience uh, shooting film or is this going to be your first time? Yes so I'm very 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 old so that's how I learned to uh, be a photographer and um, I haven't really studied much but I did an A-level um, it was an art A-level uh, but I did it in photography. So there was a very small amount of technical photography, but most of it was you followed like the art syllabus, but you just did photography. So I learned on a film camera. I um, did everything in the dark room. Um, and that was really where like my passion was. And then digital was sort of starting to come in, but I think not that many people were using it. Um, and then I went to university uh, not to study photography um, and I used the darkroom there a lot. And I think the less available, the kind of analog and the darkroom stuff became, I did get a bit lost actually and didn't do photography for a few years because I just couldn't get my head around the digital stuff. Um, I just didn't love it. So it took me a while to come back to it and to sort of fall in love with the digital side of it. Um, yeah, so film was what I knew and I now um, almost never shoot it, but I'm really keen to shoot it um i edit a lot with a bit of a film kind of vibe so yeah i'm really keen to start shooting some film and i would love to be able to use it in some sessions as well maybe as an add-on or something so yeah we'll see yeah it sounds really exciting and it's probably challenging to shoot film when you're working with clients but i think it's uh, it's going to make the process even more creative for you and even more interesting I think it makes you a better photographer as well. You know, I think we get so used to all these things that these digital cameras can do. And especially when I work with kids, I'm quite used to shooting, um, you know, on continuous. So quite often I, you know, kind of shoot a lot of shots. And I think that it, I, I like the fact that film brings you back. You have to be really present and you have to be really good at your craft. 
Um, so I'm not sure I would necessarily use it on family sessions, but I think for portraits, definitely. Um, I love that it makes you think more technically. And that it, they use light in a different way as well. So I think it will be really creative and also just a really uh, good practice as a photographer too, I think. I agree. That's a beautiful answer. You take photographs for small businesses, families, expecting mothers, and anyone who wants to have beautiful photographs taken of them. And we mentioned this a little bit before, but how do you juggle keeping your models comfortable and taking photos that you're proud of at the same time? Oh, I love that question. It's such a such a lovely question. Um, I think it's really artful. I remember when I first started out as a photographer hearing a quote that was something like photography is like, you know, 90% psychology. And I think that that really is true that actually you can learn technically how to shoot a photograph, but working with people and like you say, with lots of different kinds of people, it's really a skill. I think I'm good with people anyway. So I've sort of leaned into a natural ability to talk and make people feel comfortable. But I learn every time I shoot, I learn something new about how to work with people. Um, and, I, you know, I talk a lot. I laugh. I joke. I give them a lot of encouragement. And I really try and focus my attention on that person and try to make them feel good. Um, so hopefully a session with me, it's about them feeling seen. And I'm just looking at my slightly illegible notes because my brain's gone. Um, oh, yeah. And I try, I don't over-direct because I think if you over-direct, you're losing a little bit of who that person is. Um, but if you under-direct, then someone who's a little bit nervous starts to feel very nervous. So that's something I have really learned is to not have sort of a, a one rule of how I direct or how I don't direct, but really adapt the directions to each person. Some people really need no direction at all. They just have it. Other people need a lot of direction and a lot of encouragement. And it really is just about reading that person. Um, and I've also learned that uh, the client process is incredibly important. Um, I always have a video chat with anyone before they book me. Um, then I have a video chat, especially if it's like a personal branding shoot. We have at least maybe two video chats before we even get to the shoot. So a lot of the work is done beforehand um, trying to break the ice, feeling comfortable. If it's a family shoot, learning about that person's family and learning about what makes them tick. I have a questionnaire and, you know, if they're on social media, I follow them on social media. So I think you can build up a really good idea of that person before you even meet them. And then you kind of know what your angle is going to be of how you're going to work with them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it seems like a really authentic approach because sometimes people feel like, especially if they're not models, they feel like they're, you know, they won't look good on camera as we talked about previously. And they feel like they don't know how to pose. And so being able to work with somebody who really understands their psychology can be just a game changer. Completely. Um, I would say, you know, I have had to learn a little bit more about how to direct a bit more because my natural approach is very documentary and very just let's walk and have a chat. And I will start to, you know, I notice how what that person does with their hand or how they like to sit or and sometimes they'll do something like adjust their hair or adjust their scarf. And it will be such a like beautiful, natural movement that I'll ask them to repeat it. And so as I learn how they move naturally, they start to learn to how you know they start to notice how they move naturally as well but some people are very aware of that um i photographed uh, for example say a yoga instructor someone who does something physical for a job like they have a real connection to their body but some people don't have such a strong connection to their body and so they don't maybe think about how they move 
as much as someone who does that for a living. So yeah, there really is a no one size fits all approach. It's just really pay attention to that person, um, give them a lot of your time and your energy and make them feel good. Um, and then I think adapt your direction, you know, but don't over direct or under direct. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a constant learning process for you as the photographer and for the model. Completely, yeah, completely. I really like the layout of your website. The prices for your sessions are clear. You have a blog, thoughtful posts, and your portfolio is organized. As someone who runs a photography business, what advice would you give to an aspiring family photographer who's currently trying to create an eye-catching website? Ah, thanks. Well, I'm actually redoing my website, so it's currently down. So I feel like a bit of a fraud that you've said nice things about it because um, it's, it's, you know, it's still going to be pretty simple, to be honest, but I am redoing it because there was a lot of stuff missing and yeah, it needs a bit of work. Anyway, I think if you're just starting out, my number one bit of advice is really don't stress too much about your website. Um, remember that no one cares about your website as much as you do. And actually, a lot of people don't look at it, especially like families, you know, you want, they kind of, it's more about you. And often I end up with emails asking my prices. I get DMs on Instagram asking my prices. You know, they can easily find my website, but often they just don't. So I think that's to be very aware that as visual people, we like to look at a lot of people's websites and most other people don't. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Um I would say just keep it simple, keep, make sure the information is clear, let the images speak for themselves, and also just trust that as you get further into your uh, career, you will get more images and you will be able to make those images take center stage. When I first started out, I didn't have that many images, my images weren't that strong, so they were maybe smaller on my website. And then as time has gone on and my images have got stronger, now the images really sing out on my website. Um, I think a good tip is to try and show full sessions. So have blog posts where you can show a whole session um, because I think it gives potential clients a really good idea of the story of your session. And then it, um, it makes them feel comfortable if they see someone else's kids, you know, running around the place and how you've managed to pull a strong session out of, what they think is chaos. Um, and that's really helpful for you to send to clients as well. I sometimes put blog posts in an email. If it's a newborn session, I might send them a blog that I've done with a newborn session in home to give them an idea of what their shoot might look like. So that would be a good tip is, um, if, if anything, have a couple of good blog posts that show full sessions. But mainly just not to stress too much about your website, have the key information, have something nice about you, and then honestly be done with your website. Because when you're starting out, your website is not as big a deal as you might think it is. Getting out there and shooting and meeting clients and learning and getting a portfolio is more important than what your website looks like, in my opinion. Well, that's great advice. And yeah, as photographers, I think we forget that we are visual people and not everyone's very visual in terms of uh, yeah. websites. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good thing to remember. I'm, I'm still reminding myself now just to tell you, like, I'm currently tinkering on my own website and trying to remember every day that no one else cares. So um, it's, a, it's a daily practice, for sure. I mean, for me, as somebody who has a podcast, it's very important to to me to have a website that I can refer to, you know, blog posts that I can look at 
but I sometimes, yeah, I forget that not everybody cares about that as much as I do. So, totally, I think that's that's really the reality of it. Everybody else wants very quick information, and I think that while it's amazing to be detailed and make sure everything on your end looks good, I think that we can be so guilty of like overthinking that to the point that we actually don't just get out there and do the work, you know. And the you know the reality of starting out as a photographer. I think every single one of us has hidden behind, oh, I must get that website done before I can do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm categorically telling you that is not true. Like leave the website and just get on with it um, because that's how you're going to learn. You know, your website can effectively be a holding page, you know, a couple of images, your contact details. It doesn't need to be more than that, um, especially not when you're starting out. Do not let that website hold you back from moving forward and creating the work you want to create because that's how you're going to learn, you know. Absolutely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Yeah, and you're also pretty well-known on Instagram. Do you use that for marketing or is it just for your personal life? Oh, God. Oh, Instagram is a constant source of stress to me. <laughs> I mean both because I had Instagram before I was a professional photographer and then I dabbled with having another Instagram account. And I mean, I could barely keep up with one. So I just have one now. I use it for both, but uh, my time is so limited right now that I wish I used it in a better way, but at the moment I just use it. I just pretty much share on stories, the occasional posts. Um, I do have an intention to get back to it and have a bit of a plan, but at the moment, client work, responding to emails. Yeah, that's taking precedence at the moment. Um, I've got two kids. I haven't mentioned that yet. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So yeah, my two-year-old is still largely at home with me. So I really have, you know... Uh, I mean, some days not even an hour to work, some days a couple of hours. So Instagram does just take a bit of a backseat at the moment. But yes, I would like to use it more and I would like to have a bit more of a strategy because I think it's a great way to connect with people. I do get quite a lot of clients from there, um, but I definitely don't use it as much as I should. Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. That makes sense. You have a very busy life. And speaking of busy lives, many of the listeners have either children of their own or they just have very busy lives in general. What advice would you give to them, especially when it comes to finding time to nurture your creativity? 
Oh, yeah, such a good question. Um, I had a bit of a hard think about this. Um, and, you know, to be completely honest, I'm finding that very difficult at the moment. Um, I mean, my kids wake up around six at the moment. They kind of are not even going to bed till about half past eight. Um, so that gives me, you know, almost no time where I'm not in mum mode. And that is very difficult to be creative within that, I think. You're constantly tidying up or making food or doing the school run and... Yeah, it, it's not the best headspace to be creative. Um, my best advice is just to do what you can and be prepared to pivot and adapt your idea of what creativity means to you. You know, I don't get a lot of opportunities to pick up my camera when I've got the kids. Um, often I'm so busy with them or my hands are full that I don't even pick up the camera to capture them. Um, it's very difficult for me to get out and go for a walk by myself and take pictures. So actually I have to adapt where I am creative um I'm quite into my gardening right now that's an easy thing to do with the kids I find that a really lovely creative practice um I'm sort of building a garden from scratch so that's really fun um I write I read a lot um you know just anything that makes me feel I listen to a lot of podcasts anything that makes my brain stay creative even if my hands aren't always that busy I think that's important to do is to uh, find something that makes you feel fulfilled and happy outside of being a mum and kind of, you know, pings those little creative bits in your brain. And don't just think that because you're not, uh, you know, doing whatever your creative practice is, you're not painting or you're not doing photography or whatever, that you're not still finding ways to be creative. Um, I find little ways even in my house, like moving things around, I'm doing quite a lot of decorating or renovating. And even if I don't get a lot of time, you know, can I just move something around, you know, style a little corner, anything to make me feel creative, you know. So I think just find anything that fits into your time and don't attach too much to your idea of what being a creative person is, like adapt that. Um, and also remember that your kids are going to grow and you will get that time back. So try not to be too down on yourself for the fact that you're not being your most creative self right now, because that's very difficult to do when you have um, two small kids. That's right. Yeah. And it's important to not compare yourself to other people who might have free time as well. So totally. And you can pour your creativity into your family. I think I find even if it's not me being creative, uh, you know, allowing my kids to be creative, setting up them, painting at the table, or making crafty things. Um, we do a lot of like craft things kind of related to nature. So that's nice. We go on a lot of walks and make things with the things that we find. And yeah, that's not my own personal creative practice, but it allows me to um, almost be creative in the way that I'm being their parent and creating a creative environment for them. And that's very fulfilling to me because I feel like that pays back, um, you know, when my kids then want to be creative and then hopefully when they're a bit bigger, we can all kind of do those things together. Exactly. Yeah. I believe that will pay off in the long term. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing to do with your children. It is definitely. It's very rewarding. Of all the photo shoots that you've had so far, which one was the most challenging and why? Oh, I was thinking about this. It's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I do work a lot with kids, so they are all challenging in their own uh, their own right. Um, I had one in particular where there was this little boy who, he was probably two, he was so full of energy. And where he lived was a place where they didn't have very many squirrels and pigeons. 
And the shoot was in London, in St. James's Park. And if you know St. James's Park, you will know that that place is full of pigeons and squirrels. This kid was so excited. And for the two-hour session, he ran in every direction chasing these pigeons and squirrels, including one very fat squirrel that he almost got hold of. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't even take one picture of him with his parents because he was never with them. The only way I could do it was if he stopped for a second, they kind of had to sort of jump behind him and kind of give him a big cuddle. And then I could get a picture with all of them in. And before the shoot, they'd expressly said to me that the one picture they wanted was a picture of all of them. (laughs) So it was very, very, very challenging in how to get this family to all interact because this boy just wanted to run and run fast. Even to get a picture of him, I had to run extremely fast to get ahead of him and take (laughs) the pictures of him running towards me it was utterly exhausting and then I had to go home to my own two-year-old at the time and then run around after her so I would say that was it was a really lovely shoot the family were wonderful and it was fun but it was incredibly challenging to do what I had to do think fast on my feet and try and reassure the family that I was going to make something out of this kid chasing every squirrel and pigeon in this park probably my most challenging and I think we ended up with something okay but it was very different to what it would have been if um he had you know been walking calmly and holding his parents hands but obviously when you work with kids you have to be prepared to expect the unexpected and you have to be able to deliver the goods um you know even if the kid just runs for two hours (laughs) that's such a cute story but I can imagine that it was stressful for you but yeah what's the kind of photography that you do you have to be prepared for all kinds of things you have to adjust uh, and adapt so it's I think it's good for for you as a photographer um, you have to just have that attitude of like cool like nothing is going the way we planned but let's just roll with it and you know for every parent out there they will understand that that is your happiest route to parenting so I use that philosophy on both being a parent and being a photographer is even if nothing goes to plan you've just got to roll with it and you've got to stay positive and you've got to just trust that you will you know, bring the magic, whatever. And I also say to to families as well that I try not to get them too attached to the idea of what their perfect family picture is, because I say to them, you know, trust me to see the magic of what's happening in your life right now. Because even if at the moment you want that lovely photo of all of you together, actually you'll look back on that and probably have a much stronger memory of what that day was like, because you were in London, your kid was like a wild two-year-old was chasing all these squirrels you know, and I think that that tells more of a story in the future than just a photo of you all together. So yeah, got to roll with it. I agree. Yeah. Authentic storytelling. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, my last question for you is what is the one thing that you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, I feel like I'm saying this on every question, but yeah, it's a tough one. I've been asking myself that a lot lately too. Because I think if you have a really strong vision of your life as a whole and your work as a whole, then it enables you to have some kind of a trajectory, even, you know, thinking about where I want to be at 80 and what legacy do I want to leave. And there's a lot of things I want to do. And I was trying to sort of distill it into something. And honestly, the thing that I came up with is that I just want to make people feel something. You know, I want to make people feel something when they look at my work. I want them to make them feel something when they look at the photos I've taken of them. 
And I want to make them feel something when they interact with me, you know, digitally or in person. I think to break that down even more, I want to make women feel good. I want to make mothers feel good and feel seen. And I want to keep mothers in their family albums as well, because I think we erase ourselves a lot from that. But I think, yeah, ultimately, I want to make people feel something. And I want to make people feel good. I try to have that philosophy with every interaction I have with everybody, whether it's in the street or it's somebody I'm working with. I think women, we are so down on ourselves. Um, I think mothers, we have a really hard ride of it in you know Western society. I think we are so down on ourselves as well, about the way we look, about the way we parent, about you know, we try and run our businesses, we try and work, it's a lot. And I think that if I can even spend an hour or two with somebody, with a woman, with a mother, and I can make her feel good, then that to me, you know, that's a good legacy to leave behind, I think. That is a beautiful answer. And you should be a therapist. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's a skill, you need to be able to make people feel comfortable in your photography in your personal life. And the fact that you prioritize this is a wonderful thing. And thank you for sharing all of your wonderful stories with uh, me and the listeners. Thanks. I would just one thing on my last answer as well is I think I don't know if you know about the Enneagram, but I'm a huge fan of the Enneagram. And that was some things I'm an Enneagram for wing three. Um, and the Enneagram 4 is someone that is very um, kind of good at connecting with people. And I think it was when I read about the Enneagram, it's a really good tool for understanding um, yourself and particularly understanding your relationships, how you interact with your work, with other people. And I think that was the first time I remember thinking and realizing that the fact that I am sensitive and I'm empathetic and I'm good with people is a huge strength and something I can lean into in my work. And I think that's so important as a photographer to not only worry about your website and what kind of work you want to create, but to really go deep and understand you and understand the gifts that you have and how you can bring that into your work instead of sort of trying to fight against your nature. And that was a really, really big turning point for me when I realized, yeah, this is a strength for me. And the fact that I'm sensitive and empathetic, I can use that and I crave connection from people. And because I crave that connection, I can give that connection back because I know how to do that. And I think I've just lent into that and kind of made that as something that is that kind of higher, higher purpose that I want. And that connects to who I am. So I would really recommend anyone, if you don't know about the Enneagram, to delve into that a bit and really connect with who you are and bring that out into your work. It's a when the two work in um, unison, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree with you completely. If you know yourself as a person, then it will be easier for you to interact with, with other people, especially on a creative level. So it's good that you know yourself so well. Totally. And you can create more authentic work, I think, because you're less led down the... You know, and I fight this all of the time, you know, seeing people whose work is very now and very stylish and very kind of trendy. And I, you know, want to be led down those roads because I think all of us, there's an element of wanting to create work that is now and is trendy and that people are very into. But I think if you're really deeply connected to yourself, it enables you to go back to that when you feel led astray and you can create work that is more authentic and that resonates more with other people. Um, and I think that's really important, um, doing that alongside, you know, 
learning about your skills, improving your creativity, doing your website, getting out there and shooting. I think the more you can deeply connect to yourself, you just can connect deeper with other people and you can create more authentic um, work that is really personal. I really, really like that. And I like what you said about sensitivity being a strength because a lot of people associate that with uh, weaknesses and not being able to, you know, deal with people properly. But sensitivity can be a superpower and it can help you connect with others on a very authentic level, as you said. So Absolutely. And I think I did always think that was a weakness, you know. I can't get through, like, a speech or a sentence without, you know, wanting to cry if it's even remotely emotional, um, which is really difficult. But I think I always thought it was a weakness. And then I read about the Enneagram and I realized that actually any of the character traits that we have can be a weakness or a strength, depending on how we harness them and how we understand them. And I think that being able to connect to people easily is an amazing strength because some people find that very, very hard. And I do find that easy and I I work on that and I improve that all of the time. But knowing that that comes easily to me and also leaning into the fact that I do really crave that connection with other people. And not seeing that as a bad thing, but in realizing that as much as I crave that connection, so do a lot of other people, even if they don't know it. And I think that to be able to create a session that, yeah, it's about the photography, but it's about more than that. It's about the fact that I want people when they work with me to feel valued for those two hours and to go away from our time together feeling, you know, feeling like they've been seen. And I think that everybody wants that and not everybody knows that and not everybody knows how to give that. So I really enjoy getting better at that and being able to give that to people. I think it's a, I see it as a gift now rather than a burden. (laughs) And I used to see it as a burden. That is wonderful. It's wonderful that you see it as a gift and it's beautiful. You don't just give your clients photographs, you give them an experience that they can look back on and cherish. And that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. I hope so. And thank you. Thank you so much for talking about your journey as a photographer and kind of covering the psychological side of things as well, which I really appreciate. I learned so much from you and I'm sure the listeners did as well. Thank you so much, Taya. Um, I'm honored that you had me. It was lovely to chat. Likewise. Thank you. I love Siobhan's authentic approach to photography. It's definitely very important to know yourself as a person so you can be more efficient as a photographer. I hope her story inspires you to get to know yourself better and to stay true to whatever style you have as an artist. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.